0: Hello everyone, Dan Sims here from Rebel Global and welcome back to the Mould Cheese Collective podcast. This podcast is all about a community of like-minded makers, growers, farmers and families who happen to make the best cheese in Australia. Today we speak with Burke Brandon from Prom Country Cheese from South Gippsland in Victoria, an area very close to my heart, not just for incredible cheese, but wine, beaches and more. What I loved about talking with Burke is that he's a farmer first, and his connection to land and animals, and that his cheese is self-evident, and so is his humility. The phrase humble farmer may at times be a throwaway line, but I can't think of a better way to describe him. There is a humble pride for the cheese he makes, and I know you'll hear what I mean as you listen on, especially for his new secret project cheese. Burke and his wonderful wife Bronwyn opened their cheesery and country kitchen over the spring and summer months, so if you find yourself that way, do pop in and say hi, and if you're lucky, you may get to try one of Bronwyn's legendary sausage rolls. I can attest to this personally, but please don't mention my name, as I'll know they get in trouble, as they are only ever in short supply. Just as well, they have wonderful cheese and wine as backup. We're massive fans of prompt country cheese, and we know you will be too, but enough from me. So let's get into it. Burke Brandon, welcome to the Mole Cheese Collective podcast. Just to start us off, mate, tell us a little bit about yourself and Prom Country Cheese.
1: Well, we've got a little farm down here in South Gippsland, uh, about 20 minutes from the the coast in, in Victoria. And we've got a 200 acre farm where we milk sheep and we've built a, a little cheese factory on the farm as well about five years ago to to process our milk but yeah i've been making cheese for almost 20 years now but over the time we've we've focused more on the the sheep mill to a point where now it's our our major point of focus uh, still processing cow's milk cheese as well. Well, so you've been making cheese for over 20 years. Has
0: it always been in Gippsland or where did you start out?
1: I uh, started with making cheese with my father, Trevor Brandon, down at Red Hill Cheese. And he, uh, yeah, he started in the late 90s down there, right from the outset making Really interesting European-style cheeses to to match with peninsula wines. At the time, there were no other cheese makers down on the peninsula. We had all yes. this wine coming on, and no cheese. So um, he decided to to pack in his science teaching job and told himself cheese making, so he's passed that on on to me and now retired himself and we decided that we needed to follow our, our own path and and pursue the the sheep milk more and as that grew, it was about twelve years ago we started milking sheep just on a very small scale. Uh, as it became more popular, we realised we we really needed to commercialise it. Um, so that's when we looked into this farm in Gippsland to grow our milking flock and build a custom designed cheese factory. Obviously, you followed on
0: from your father's footsteps, but
1: what was it about cheese that got you so hooked? The way it really has a lot to do with with farming. Uh, There's a lot of similarities with farming that I've been a farmer all my work in life. You know, when you're working with milk, it's a bit like working with soil. That it, it wants to grow something. So we sort of apply the same principles to, to growing mold on cheese and um, biology in, in the cheese as we do with growing, growing things in the soil. So, you know, you don't want weeds in your pastures and you don't want stray things growing in your cheese. So there are a lot of similarities there. And having the whole process on site, we're able to follow follow all the way through from the soil to actually serving the the final product to visitors to the farm. So it is good to follow that process all the way through.
0: Now, you said you're in Gippsland and uh, having visited Prom Country Cheese, it is a beautiful spot and it's a beautiful part of the world. But how did you go from, say, Mornington Peninsula and what drew you to Gippsland?
1: Quite simply that uh, South Gippsland where we are up in the hills, it's a, a very sort of damp rainforest temperate climate and right from um, early settlement, it's always been dairy country. And we realised pretty quickly that if we were serious about having a a grass-fed milking system, that we need to be in a a spot where there's plenty of rain and green grass most of the year round. And that's quite true of where we are. We're in a a valley at the bottom of the hill uh, with a creek running through the middle of the farm. And it does stay pretty green most of the time, especially this year. It's been a really Really green season for us and and high high milk production.
0: So how big is the property?
1: About two hundred acres. There's actually twenty percent of the farm is revegetated to to native forest, so not all of the farm is arable for for milking sheep off. But yeah, there's there's plenty of space here for us to spread out and have have a sustainable stocking rate with the milkers. Grab would have a very natural farming system for the pastures, and that uh, ends up with uh, a very clean milk product that I know when I'm making cheese that I know what's gone into the milk, what's gone into the sheep, and that the milk is as clean as we can get it.
0: It's a, it, it really is a beautiful, uh, beautiful farm. And having sat outside and just uh, sampled all of your wonderful cheeses, it's a beautiful part of the world. Um, so let's talk about, say, sheep opposed to, say, cow's milk or goat's milk. What, What is it about sheep's milk that gets you excited?
1: Yeah, well, we... We never really thought about it in the early years making sheep cheese, and wasn't until we had a one of our meat sheep that uh, lost a lamb and I said i'll oh, just um you know milk it and see what the milk's like to work with and I was absolutely blown away of the the quality of the the milk the properties in the milk that are so well suited to making cheese it just really wants to be cheese and we find working with the three different milks um, sheep cow and goat that the sheep milk
0: certainly is the premium quality milk for cheese making one of these questions that i like to ask people is and it's almost impossible isn't it? Is, there, is there one type of cheese that you make that you really enjoy making i mean can, do you have that i mean obviously yes all cheeses are equally delicious. Is there one cheese that you get excited by making at the moment?
1: I'd have to say Venus Blue would have, would be our, our longtime favorite cheese that we enjoy making, simply because it just works really well. Everything about the cheese just seems to happen naturally from the way the milk behaves in the vat to the the growth of the blue mold through the cheese in the cellar. It seems to suit our environment really well. So that's a cheese that we've developed using cultures from our raw milk. So it it really is a unique expression of everything we do, the the source of the milk and the cultures we, we use. And that biology in the milk comes through in, in the final product. So we don't find we need to interfere too much with the, the curds making Venus Blue. It sort of does its own thing. I just guide it in the way it wants to go and don't handle it too much. And that's, that seems to, to work with minimal stirring and and hand spiking. Um, we're able to treat the milk gently
0: as it should be. So with that cheese uh, and that beautiful mold that goes all the way through, How long uh, do you age it for? What's the time frame between milking and, say, eating and enjoying for Venus Blue?
1: Well, that's one cheese that we definitely can't rush. We find that the texture and the flavor we're looking for only develops um, after five months of age. One of the reasons for that is the very slow maturation so that ends up creating a cheese with a very rounded flavour without too much of a sharpness in the blue mould by the slow ageing. Under five months, we find that it just hasn't got the, the texture. Mm-hmm. It looks like a blue cheese and it's quite a, a nice, pleasant cheese, but it doesn't have the wow factor until it gets sort of over six months old. And currently we're looking at cheese that's about seven months old, so it's really starting to reach its
0: prime. It's that whole thing about
1: patience, isn't it? It's,
0: uh, and, and a reminder that you know we are dealing with an agricultural product that doesn't uh, just press a button and out pops uh venus, venus blue. That's right, and
1: we only get one chance a year to make it. It's very, very seasonal. So we only milk the sheep between July and May, and so we'll be finishing up soon. But most of our milk we get in a three-month period between September and, and November. Wow. Um, so the majority of the, the blue is made through that um, spring-summer period. And once we stop making it for a few months, that, that's it. We can't, can't replace the stock. So we sort of get our crystal ball out and, and look ahead a bit and try and make what we think um, we're going to need for the season, for the year. And yeah, we just allocate a quota basically.
0: Now, speaking of delicious cheese, just before Christmas, the whole Mold and Revel team came down to see you for a little visit and you showed us a raw milk cheese that you were quite excited about. And then as soon as we tasted it, so were we. Can you tell us about this special project cheese?
1: Yeah, so that, that's uh, our, our raw milk cheese, which we're, we're allowed to talk about now, but we've uh, finally, after over 12 months, we were given approval back in March this year to, to make that cheese. So yeah, we're allowed to, allowed to talk about it now. And we had a bit of a crack at it uh, earlier earlier in the season, um, making a f- few batches of, of the raw milk. But yeah, something that we've been talking about and, and planning for a number of years So it's really exciting to to see it actually come to fruition. And the way the the cheese came out in in production, I'm really happy with. So I foresee
0: great things with, with this cheese as it matures. And as I say, the whole team can attest to how delicious it is. But what style of cheese is it?
1: It's a semi-hard cheese. It's actually a bit of a, a crossbred, using a, a bit of a gouda process. Curd is pressed under the whey, so it has a, a very sort of fine texture and closed texture. But being sheep milk, it, it still has a, a high cream content, so it's not as, as hard as you might imagine. But at, at the moment, we can only make a, that style of cheese at this point. So it's the first yeah. in Victoria that's um, been given permission to, to be made without any kind of heating or cooking. That's amazing. Um, so we're under the spotlight a, a bit. And yeah, we, we sort of had to work with the, the technical side of things a fair bit to make sure that we are producing a, not only a, a interesting, flavoursome product, but a safe product at the same time.
0: Let's talk about South Gippsland, uh, where you are in particular, and 2020. East Gippsland was was devastated with these bushfires, and but that obviously had a flow-on effect with tourism to other parts of not just Gippsland but the state. How did you go through that period, and then how are you going in this crazy wild world of COVID?
1: Yeah, it's certainly been an interesting uh, year or so that we've had. You know, everyone. This, this side of Melbourne was affected by the fires and the smoke in some way or another and it affected tourism as well. But geographically speaking, we were quite a distance from any fires, but it, it still still affected the impression of, of visitors of Gippsland to a point that people stopped
0: visiting. Speaking of the property and being a wine guy, I couldn't help but notice a few grapevines growing on the property. What's happening there, Burke? Is there a prom country wine to match the cheese in the pipeline?
1: Yeah, so we we like to collaborate with other local producers where we can. And when our our local winemaker approached us to see if we we wanted to plant a few grapes, we thought it was a great idea. So we put in an acre of um, Pinot Noir and Sangiovese grapes. We're looking at having our first vintage of our grape this coming year. Um, Awesome. Next next season, so it's pretty exciting to to see what our first wine will be like.
0: Oh, wine and cheese, all from the same property. It sounds like a pretty good combination to me.
1: Cheese making does teach you to one thing about about wine, and that's patience, waiting for it to mature.
0: Patience, patience, patience. That's the thing, isn't it? Talk before about you know how you were getting into cheese, but is there one moment? really brought on your love of cheese is there a favorite cheese experience or something like that that you had
1: i think it just um came came on and grew 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 on me slowly over time as i learned the trade experimenting with milk and seeing what what causes different things. But I guess my trips to Europe working in in France and Tuscany gave me a different perspective on, on different cheeses of what was possible and what's, what else is out there. And that, that sort of experience is quite inspiring to encourage one to, to come home and try different things. But most of my inspiration is just from the cheese itself, playing around with milk and seeing what, seeing what happens. And when you come across a combination of techniques that results in the cheese that's perfectly within the vision of what you wanted to create and it's pretty
0: rewarding so do you say you were um you spent a bit of time in france and italy uh what do you think that experience taught you and what characters or similarities do you see from say cheese production in europe opposed to cheese production here in Australia?
1: Um, I don't see a lot of major differences, essentially. The main difference is the way that the industry operates. I think over there, there's a lot of regulation about tradition and process, whereas here we have more no regulation on that at all, but we all our regulation is on food safety. And so that um, can sometimes limit or restrict the potential cheeses that we can we can do however the the europeans are restricted by their regulation in different ways so you know we can muck around and play with any sort of cheese that we want but um they have to to follow the the guidelines of aoc and dop but as a yeah as an australian cheesemaker it it is great having the freedom to experiment and create new products and really follow or develop our own procedures that, or processes that suits our milk in the environment that, that we're in. So I've, I've had a, a, conscious, um, a, a conscious process over the time to not to try and copy what I saw in France and Italy, but to use that experience to educate me as to what's possible and how, how curd and, and milk behaves in different ways. To to create my own product that is a reflection of our environment and and our unique milk, and I think Venus Blue is a perfect example of that.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> I would loudly uh, concur with that mate. It's uh, I love that. It's it is it's about taking inspiration but still being honest and true to where you are and you're in South Gippsland and we're in Australia and and be unapologetic about it as well. And I, I think at the end of the day as long as it's a delicious product then great. I was saying to Nick Hatto the other day and going It's like, yeah, France makes the best French cheese in the world. That's a great statement. Uh, It's not to take away from it. It's Australia makes the best Australian cheese in the world and find someone who can deny me that. Working on a farm, it's pretty crazy. Is there a funniest moment that you've had recently or you know, what's the funniest moment you've had on the farm?
1: Oh, well, um, there's always something going on. Um, (laughs) Lots of little things happen on a daily basis and usually involving sheep getting themselves stuck in some sort of situation. (laughs) Being a a sheep farmer forever, it's interesting to see the perspective of people who visit the farm who haven't been around sheep much before. We get a few people on the the line of, you know, uh, getting chocolate milk out of our black sheep. (laughs) You know, there's there's times like when we're out out in the the paddock in the dark in the middle of winter checking the lambing ewes, and the one of the black alpaca likes to sneak up on you in the, in the dark at, at night, and you turn around and there's these eyes gazing down at you. Um, all <laughs> well, all these little things that happen on the farm.
0: Oh, it's a uh- yeah uh, the chocolate milk thing I, I love that one i haven't heard that one before it's an absolute crack up Burke brandon thank you so much for being part of the Mole cheese collective and I, i'm a massive fan of prom country cheese thank you so much mate i look forward to getting back down there again and catching up with you soon good on your dance so it's great to talk to you thanks mate thank you so much to everyone for tuning in for the Mole cheese collective podcast we're all about sharing the good word about the best cheese makers in australia but of course We'd love to hear from you as to what cheese you love, where it's from, and even better, your thoughts on this podcast. It would really mean a lot if you'd leave a rating or a comment or just share it with your mates. We have a heap more interviews to come, so be sure to stay tuned. But until next time, cheers.